0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. Hi, Ten, How are you?
1: I'm good. I am good. I have had a bountiful harvest. I sound like a pilgrim, but I've had a great (laughs) harvest. Garden Uh, update, garden update, garden update. Uh, Great harvest with my zucchines, but when I tell you, beetle update as well, beetle uh, update. I have found beetles
0: fornicating in my vegetables yeah dude they do that they're just having sex everywhere it's disgusting i've never had this problem ever in my life until i moved to pennsylvania (laughs) i am a victim i know it's disgusting and then you're like do i want to disturb them are they having a good time like i don't really i'm sorry but like can you do this elsewhere please why are y'all having sex on my basil
1: (laughs) why are you doing this on my squash like gross this is Hobby Girl Summer. Can you please take your nasty a little elsewhere, please? I Listen,
0: I'm all about people having a good time, the birds, the bees, the whole yeah. thing, the insects, but not on my goddamn vegetables. That's where <laughs> I draw the line.
1: <laughs> These are my babies that I'm trying to grow, and I, I will not be having you two doing the horizontal tango. <laughs> it's
0: disgusting. And this is just your friendly reminder to wash your produce, because this is probably <laughs> what happens.
1: <laughs> it's but- so gross. Oh my gosh, we recently just passed, you know, Depnon. So, how are you? How was your Depnon? How was everything going? It was good. I I don't even know where I am in the in the time warp right now.
0: But <laughs> um my beetle update, I finally have gotten rid of the beetles. I have used <laughs> a natural pesticide. They are gone. They really tore into the shit of my marigolds and I was so depressed. Like it was a war in this house. So, I saw one yesterday and I'm like all right. Don't bring, tell your friends. I'll, I'll keep you alive. You got to keep one alive so that he's the messenger. Yes. You can't just kill them all. So, um, yeah, my vegetables are thriving now and you know, little garden update. We said we were getting hobby girl summer. It's hobby girl summer and here we are. So, but other than that, I'm feeling good. I was super excited for today's episode because we're kind of just doing like a hodgepodge of shit, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It's just a lot of things, but um, the reason why we wanted to do this episode was because we have gained so many new followers and listeners. And, you know, I think it's time to put like a, a voice and personality to the photos or, you know, you see our perfectly quafted reels uh, content yeah. that we post. <laughs> you should watch me in ten trying to film like we'll do it in front of each other and how many times we mess up oh my
1: gosh. And like my, my mom too, like, she's trying to get like her like reels down since like she's an author and everything. And she's like, how do you and Chelsea like look so good during your reels? Like, how do you guys know so much? And I'm like, dude, there's takes. There are takes. I have notes. Yeah. Like, while i am a walking useless treasure trove of information like your girl still has to write down
0: notes <laughs> oh and there's also that like i feel like an idiot every time that i mess up and i trip over my words like i had just filmed something about hikate and i called her hecate like five <laughs> times like i was like ah oh. and it was at like the end of me saying something so long and i was like why did i just do that and i got to go back
1: and refilm the whole thing it's Ugh. a lot of work it's a lot of work but you know a little sidebar since you brought up you know the great goddess herself um there's you know a lot of discourse on how to say her name and to be completely honest it's however you're comfortable yeah and you know a good reminder is how everybody's mouth is actually shaped some people can't make certain sounds so how people pronounce might be the only way that they can
0: yeah. Both are fine. Um, Both are fine. So don't worry about that. I know a lot of people freak out about like, am I saying her name right? She's an ancient Greek goddess. Listen, we try our best. We do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, you should see me trying to translate spells from the Greek magical papyri. <laughs> like, listen, nobody's perfect over here. But yeah, the filming of the content is interesting. So we wanted to kind of show you, you know, who we are. We're kind of like redoing the first episode we've ever done of sticks and bones, but not really. That makes sense. It-
1: Not really, but like Chelsea and I were going back and forth, and we were like, "Yo, secondhand embarrassment." To like, my God, to the first few episodes, like, don't listen, (laughs) don't go back. They're just kidding; they're gonna be gone. (laughs) But like, I listened back because we want to make sure like we're not repeating ourselves and stuff. And man, one of those episodes, it sounds like I'm shouting from like the other room in my house, and we're having a conversation. (laughs) We couldn't afford
0: microphones, like we.
1: just two girls who just love ancient history and magic and we just we and you know that first episode on my kitchen island everybody terrifying we were shaking like leaves I know
0: we've said this in other podcast episodes (laughs) but you know I and we're also gonna be reflecting back on our practice today like you know what are we doing now that if you would have told me like a few years ago, I was doing this. I probably would have screamed and thrown up and been like, what do you mean? How does that (laughs) even exist? Um, because we get so many questions about our practice or just like where we are in life. Like, you know, 10, you have your doctorate. Obviously when we started the podcast episode, you were just a girl (laughs) writing a paper. So I was simply a girl crying, (laughs) simply a girl, just, you know, trying to make it through life. And it's just maybe Depnon has inspired this of just taking a look back as to, you know, Where have you come from and how far are we now? Because, you know, let me tell you something. You guys know a lot of my mistakes from this podcast. And I look back at that girl and I go, oh, she was so cute. Look at her, honey. (laughs) I miss her. Like, do you ever grow so much as a person that you transform, you transform, you transform, and then you look back and you're like, I really sometimes miss the innocence and, you know, being the maiden, if we're going to talk about our divine feminine archetypes. Um, And just not really knowing and being so new. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. But then it's like, I
1: also really messed up a lot. I mean, when we were looking through old photos of us together and like, I had like white blonde hair, like who were these young girls? And like looking at us now, I mean, I'd like to think that we've aged like fine wine, but I just, you look at how young you were like a year ago, two years ago, anything like that. And you even see like a change in your style, your Mm -hmm. life, everything. It doesn't necessarily have to be like spiritual, but like that also included.
0: Oh yeah. I'm not even just talking about spiritually. Like I'm even talking about, you know, where I was three years ago compared to now and like how much my life has changed. You know, a lot of people here, if you listen to our podcast, you know, my story of how, like I had like a huge destructive path change and things like that. And you know, life. And now I work for myself and I'm a witch full time and channeler and psychic medium. And it's just so weird to think about, you know, the journey, but, um, it was painful, but also looking back on it, it's like, I sometimes miss those parts of life. And I think that's okay too, to miss the newness and, you know, just, just being on a new journey altogether.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that, especially like I'll wake up now and it's like I don't have this like world-ending kind of stress looming over me for like writing my dissertation. And since that was my nine to five for years, I'm like, what do I do now? Like, And it's like moving into like a new phase and stuff like that and like looking back and being like, wow, like how far you've actually come and everything. So it's it's crazy, man. It is really crazy. And I too used to be like a big time partier. I probably
0: stopped partying at 27. I am 31 now. Um, and I was just like thinking about that the other day of like how I sometimes do kind of miss it. I had to give it up, um, because it's part of my practice with the kathonic, And that was one of the deals I made. I told you guys this, um, like alcohol mm-hmm. is not really allowed. I cannot be drinking and partying and hanging from a rooftop. Like <laughs> I used to be in the club's um, yeah. getting down I have to be sober and have my head on straight but um most of that is for my own general general health uh, yeah. I did have a binge drinking problem but I look back on it and I'm like oh, sometimes I kind of miss the carefree days of just you know even though I
1: was miserable I sometimes kind of miss it does that make sense it does it does it's like that newness like it's still yeah. like kind of like no nothing holding you back
0: you know Yeah. Like you had no stress or no worries, even though I should have had all the worry in the world, like especially at 27. So I don't know, just a friendly reminder that it's okay. If you sometimes miss certain parts of your life that even though they might've not been when you were peak happy, you know, it's okay to look back and be like, I kind of miss certain things about it and Mm -hmm. like go through that grieving process because, you know, I'm still getting adjusted to like such a massive change takes a while.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I still am just like, it's weird for me to be like, "Wow, I remember like dreaming about certain things and it's like, oh, it's here now. now what? Like, yeah, right now, what it, do I do? And you kind of have to like close that door and like graduate on your own in a sense. And it's like I I still often think that I am just a student and like I don't have my doctorate and like it still takes me off guard that like people I'm still looking for like the adultier adult no adults. I'm looking for like the adult in the room, and then I'm the adult. Like <laughs> when I teach, I'm like looking for the teacher. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm the teacher. It's
0: me. I'm the one with the responsibility. I know. and it's like also too a reminder that you have to kind of cheer yourself on because sometimes people don't know like your growth process and what you're going through and what you're feeling. And even when you share it, sometimes people don't get it. So, you know, be your own cheerleader with your number one fan foam finger. I am cheering everybody on if you've gone through a, Massive change and are like, wow, you're looking around being like, Great, I have nothing left. I gotta restart from the ground up, but that's fine. I'm cheering you I'm- on because I'm still getting the feet the ground back underneath my feet too. So just take your time. Take your time, find a new hobby. It's the perfect time for that. Oh yeah. Ugh. But um, I just want to say I'm so happy everyone enjoyed the Mary episode we did last week. Yes. I'm living yes. for it. I'm living for the Mary stands coming out of the woodwork and being like, that is my girl. Mm. She is. She's, she's a woman for the people, by the people. She is. I was so delighted because, you know, we never really know how episodes are going to like hit, you know, <laughs> either it's going to resonate with the people or it's not going to resonate with the people, but we don't care anyway. We just kind of talk about whatever we feel like we want to talk about. Yeah. And to see so many of you absolutely adore the Mary episode um, and the episode before that, you know, to the listener that submitted that question about um the love, uh, the unrequited love and, and falling in love with people that don't, you know, it's, it's not because there. It's not term. Yeah. We also had so many people that messaged us being like, please tell that person that, you know, I needed to hear this too. So, you know, we're just creating yeah. a fun little community over here at sticks and bones. I love it.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, we, we even, you know, have our own questions to each other of like, Holy shit. Like who would have thought like a few years ago, like we're still here. We'll still, we'll start at it doing it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I hope that I'm here at 80 years old and you guys are still listening to me and I'm like, remember
0: when we talked about Mary on the podcast? And Tim will be like, who's Mary? Here are my theories. (laughs) Never mind. And then that'll be the whole
1: podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: time to watch the soap opera.
1: It's going to be that episode of Spongebob with the selling of the chocolate.
0: What is he selling? (laughs) Chocolate. (laughs) What? Okay, wait. really quickly before we move on. Um, have you heard the AI generated Plankton singing like really like a like a crazy Adele songs? <laughs> I haven't sent it to you on TikTok. Has anyone and Mr. Krabs? Okay, you need to look it up. I listen, I don't condone AI stealing music from people, but the Plankton and Mr. Krabs song, they like make them sing Adele. And he's like screaming into the microphone. And when you're in a lot of pain or you're heartbroken, I think it's the best thing to listen to.
1: <laughs> the funniest thing that, like, I see, like, it'll circulate like every so often. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, these researchers have reconstructed like the um, the sound of what like Ramses II sounded like. And in the background, it's like this mummy going through like a CT scan, <laughs> and the sound is like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There's some weird things that go on. It just catches you fucking off guard. So if you're having a bad day, man, look up that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, I'll have to send you the plankton stuff. But for those of you listening, go search for it on TikTok. It's hysterical. It makes my day. Like It just sometimes you just need a good laugh. Yeah. Well, shall we dive into today's episode 10? Because let me tell you guys something. We have a crazy, scary, (laughs) like bone chilling, scary ghost host hotline story
1: Mm -hmm. at the end of
0: this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. It's in it's we both got the chills when we were reading it this morning at the same time. And we were like, we we gotta talk about this. Like, how can we not? Like no, like it scared me. It's 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 a spooky.
0: (laughs) It it scared me. So I'm just giving you a PSA now. Like, I will let you know we're gonna do the ghost host hotline. But if you're the type to scare easily or get nightmares, um, you know, maybe don't listen to the Ghost House Hotline <laughs> story because I was reading it to 10 this morning and I had not previewed it myself. We were getting ready together, which we do every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, We have to read the story and like let's see together if this is something we can we want to discuss. And we both at the same time were like, Oh man, I just got the fucking chill. <gasps> hey,
1: yo, <laughs>
0: whoa spooky, and we're a ghost host, you know, ghost hosts don't get scared, but
1: that sent we were- me. Yeah, we were uh, shaking in our boots. <laughs>
0: I know. Well, I think the perfect way to start this episode is I want to start um with a question that we got from um the Six and Bones podcast. We did a little QA. If you missed it, don't worry about it. We kind of do like impromptu. Okay. And um people were asking us, you know, how can you find a buddy to trust so deeply that you're willing to practice and work together with? Because we are gonna be talking about our own spiritual practices today, like how things have changed. Um, and ten and I weren't always friends. Yeah. So um, yeah. How do you find somebody that you can trust so deeply that you practice with and you work
1: together with? Do you have an answer for this one? Uh, ooh, trial and goddamn error, man. Like it's not like you're just going to like a lineup of friends and being like, I choose you Pikachu and like click instantly. You gotta yeah. like the love episode. You gotta kiss a few frogs before you find a forever friend.
0: Yeah, I think too that I don't entirely disclose my entire practice to 10, not because I don't want to. It's just because sometimes it's like, you know, we have our own things going on. You think I have time mm-hmm. to sit here and 10 needs to tell me everything she's doing in her spiritual practice? You know, I sometimes think that your path is meant to be for you. Like, yeah, we yeah. share certain things, especially when it's you know, when I learned something new in Italian folk practice, or sometimes, you know, 10 will let me try all things on her. Like when I was doing evil eye workings, mm-hmm. I'll be like, Oh, can I try this? Like you got hit anyway, but like, let me, let me try. And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, but I don't think everything needs to be done with a buddy. I actually recommend people go solo dolo at first and like figure it out by yourself. Um, yeah. That way, when you do come across other people, you're more confident Um, and you don't compare yourself to other people. And I think that happens a lot in spiritual spaces where you feel kind of pressured because people are doing different things.
1: Yeah. I like to think of it as like, you have to be on your own in order to like come together with somebody else Mm -hmm. because I, I do my own thing. I, you know, Chelsea and I, you know, tell each other basically anything, but you know, with what we're doing, it's kind of like I what do I need to share everything with? Like, you don't. No, you don't. But it's also like we are so confident and we know who we are in everything that we do. So it's like if I learn a fun fact, of course I'm going to share it with Chelsea or she learns a fun fact, cool. Like do it uh, working on me. But- There's something of, you know, to be said about doing everything on your own, learning about yourself, learning, you know, ancient magic, history, mythology, whatever you want to focus on. And then like meeting up with like-minded people and then learning from them, but then coming back to yourself. And I think that's the difference is knowing who you are and then branching out, but then always returning home back to yourself. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, a lot of people tend to want to place their validation and practice in other people. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not going to work. So that's why we say like, especially when you want a friend that's in a spiritual space, you know, you have to know who you are. Uh, You absolutely, because listen, some crazy things that go on out there, Mm -hmm. you know, it's scary to make friends, especially people that practice magic, you know, like it's a daunting thing. And there's a lot of crazy things that circulate around and you know, you have to be confident in who you are and your own practice, yeah. um, I would say, is the best way to then meet people. And that that kind of goes for anything when you think about it.
1: Yeah. No, it really does. It's like if you don't know who you are or anything, like you're just kind of going to absorb everything else. And then who are you at the end of the day? Yeah. And sense.
0: like I also want to make, make this clear. Ten and I don't divulge every single thing about our practice to each other. We have a very oh. much separation of church and state. Yeah. Because – I don't need to know everything and Ted and Mm. I are friends outside of spiritual stuff and work like we genuinely bond over like the haunted mansion and spooky things and you know gardening and our cats I mean we talk about our cats
1: 98% of the time no I think that's a good point to be like at some point you have to separate church and state like there's there's so much more life outside of whatever practice you're doing Mm. whatever research you're doing like don't forget to, like, step outside of your own circle and be like, oh, right. Life continues on. The earth is still turning. Like, it yeah. does just involve, like, the spiritual or worship or whatever have you, you know?
0: Yeah. And then we do have the aspect of that we do work together, you know? Um, we didn't yeah. always know each other. We weren't always friends. And I would actually say that, you know, we weren't even friends when we started working together. We worked together first and then became friends after that. It was kind of like we had this idea. Yeah. We liked each other. We were like, oh, I I like, you know, what you're about, what you're about, you know, and the friendship kind of developed from there. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of layers to our relationship that we have very strict boundaries of, you know, we work together, we're friends, and we also practice as devotees to the catonic and teach together. So we have to have our own little
1: Oh yeah. You know? And- oh yeah. And even that's like learning about like just each other yourself, like do's and don'ts kind of deal. Like where can I step? Like make sure I'm not stepping on anybody else's toes kind of deal.
0: Yeah. I will say though, that I think our friendship is super unique. Like I've never really had a friend like you almost because I Mm -hmm. think we're so intertwined that normally this would scare me as a person because I'm so introverted (laughs) because like you're intertwined in a lot of aspects of my life you know it's Mm -hmm. not even like we're friends like I said we work together and it's like how do you maintain a friendship but we do because we're very grounded level-headed people that at the end of the day have other interests outside of this right
1: I also think it's like good that like it started like it's like a weird like we liked each other but it was like a weird like professional yeah we weren't (laughs) friends at first it was like a professional like atmosphere and then it was like nah she's family come on over but like doing that and developing it that way but us being so just authentically us and learning and growing on our own outside and then together like while I love Chelsea with everything like I don't need Chelsea's validation (laughs) It's oh, nice, no. but I don't need it. And I'm Please. sure she loves when I'm like, Chelsea, I love you. But she doesn't need my validation. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. I mean, like, that's not a friendship, then. That's just, yeah, us living in each other's assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, next question, because I think this is going to segue perfectly into talking about our practice then and now. So for those of you that are new here and you're listening to us for the first time, welcome to Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and 10. Welcome to the Haunted
1: Mansion ride. Yep. you are doing buggies.
0: Okay, this one I thought was interesting because I know how this came about for both of us, and it's both very different. So that's why I wanted to answer it because I yep. like the stark contrasts between mm-hmm. us. Okay. What led you both to believe in the ancient Greek deities and that they actually existed?
1: Do you want to go first?
0: Sure. Okay. So um I grew up super Catholic, and you know, Ted and I want to talk about our communions on the podcast today, too. I have the cutest communion photo.
1: <laughs> I got my Pilar's getting mine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like you just dress up like a little Jesus bride and you're just kind of like a weird ritual that's... I don't really understand it, you know? I mean, shit, let's just talk about it right now. My (laughs) communion was basically a wedding. Like Italian Catholic communions are baptisms, confirmations are like Mm -hmm. these massive, massive celebrations. Yes. And I had it at the most chuggy Italian venue that had like Roman statues outside. Like it was... (laughs) woof but the food was fire the food was you know the food's always good
1: oh yeah I like what I forget what time of the year like the first Eucharist kind of happens around is it spring maybe I think it's spring I think I had mine in May yeah I think mine was in May that okay that sounds actually really familiar now because I was like where we had it and like where I grew up like it was like the like community like clubhouse kind of thing yeah and there was a pool so I remember being in the pool but I also grew up in California so like I just need a time of year but I remember like so many goddamn people there people I didn't even know it was so weird I was dressed up like a bride yeah it was and like all the little boys are in like white tuxes yes and yeah oh my gosh and I remember and I don't know if your parents did this to you Chelsea my mom wanted like communion like professional photos oh
0: hell yeah that's the photo I'm talking about I can't wait <laughs> to post it on the podcast because you guys are gonna
1: die well I forget where we went to but like the whole get up veil mm-hmm. tiara ro- I had lace gloves yes like, oh yeah oh yeah girl yeah pictures of me like praying with yes. black background I'm like <laughs> What are these photos? Anytime I go to my parents' house, like our stairway is like all photos of me and my sister growing up. And I just stop and look at the communion photo every time and just
0: question it and like, what the hell? Me and my brother, like it would be in my mom's uh, hallway at the top stairs. And like anytime our friends would come over, it was right there. And especially for my brother being a dude, like, He was like going through puberty. So his cheeks were so chubby and he's in his little talks and he's like, I pray with Jesus. And his friends would take photos of it and post it on social media. (laughs) Like it just was, you're just so cute and innocent. And yeah, my photo was so funny. Like I had the whole outfit, the gloves, like we went to a very Italian boutique I think the dress was like $300. It's an expensive dress. It know? was and
1: expensive. Then, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then like, uh, I think my grandmother bought it. Usually someone buys it for you in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my godson was getting baptized, I bought the entire outfit because I'm his godmother and okay. he looked like a little chef. He had like the Pierre hat. I'll have to,
1: I'll have to see if I have a photo. He was so cute. Oh, that's interesting. My mom, our christening baptism gowns were actually made from her wedding dress. <gasps> That's beautiful. So me and my sister have the same one from her wedding dress from like I think the train, I think. I
0: love that. Yeah, we went to this boutique. It might still be in New Jersey. Uh, it's called Sarah's Boutique and it's only open certain days, and it's this Italian woman, and everything's imported from Italy. And it's beautifully handmade lace. Yes. Like so, if you're in New Jersey, I th- oh, God, I can't remember the name of the town. Um, but if you are looking for like uh <laughs> baptism communion i highly recommend going there i got my godson's uh baptism outfit there it's adorable mm-hmm. but it is also kind of strange that you just dress up and like walk down this aisle and you're like receiving the body of christ
1: oh yeah yeah it's a it's a weird like taking a step back and understanding that it is like a whole ass ritual and like yeah for catholics you believe it's the body and blood and it was for through uh transubstantiation that it changes into, you know, bread and or the little Jesus wafers and uh wine, which those Jesus wafers, they are just I'd rather lick cardboard. They stick (laughs) to the roof of your mouth. Oh, and you can't get it off.
0: <laughs> I know I had to have one um because my grandmother died about two years ago, year and a half ago mm-hmm. now. I can't remember. Time's flying. We had mass for her final rites, and I hadn't received like the uh the Eucharist, the host in a while because I don't go to church. Mm-hmm. And I it got stuck to the roof of my mouth, <laughs> and I'm like trying to pick it and not look like disgusting. It was stuck.
1: I also don't know what wine they would use because I remember going up and like drinking and it was like serious, like freaking heartburn like yeah it, it was, was gross burned and I was I just like, like cheap <laughs> I don't think Jesus probably like cheap wine to be honest with you I why was it white like I
0: maybe he was a red guy I don't know I don't know but yeah communion is definitely an interesting maybe one day we'll dive into like some of the sacraments of Catholicism and how like you know they really are so ritualistic I mean it is a ritual, it um, is ritual. but yeah we will post our communion photos for the listeners because my little I pray with Jesus book and the rosary, knowing who I am now, is so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> like, looking back on that girl and like, oh, if you only knew, you were going to be working out here with the Greek gods, you know? If you only knew, little girl with her hair shorter than her chin. If you only knew. <laughs> You're going to be doing necromancy and raising the restless dead with Hikate. Like,
1: I would have. Hey, yo. That's what's up. The girlies just don't summon the dark forces like they used to. I mean... I- Speaking of the dark forces, there's necromancy news. They found oh, yeah. a cave in Israel. Um, researchers have been looking at artifacts in the last 14 like dig seasons. And they found like over 120 oil lamps and three human skulls. So they're thinking that it was a place of necromancy with the here skulls for being for cephalomancy. And it's like, oh yeah, the late Romans be doing necromancy in caves. We're fucking here for it. And- They had weapons. They had bronze swords there, you know, just in case the ghosts got a little frisky. That's what I'm saying. I didn't see any evidence of milk, but, you know,
0: Daniel Ogden for that one. (laughs) Might be a hot commodity. Might not be something that everybody has, you know? Yeah, maybe. I think milk might have been hard to come by. Yeah, it might have been for like the top 1% of the community. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's go back to the original origin of the question. Yeah. So how did you know the Greek gods actually existed? Well, I didn't. And it wasn't because I was ignorant. It was because I just was raised Catholic and like we believed in Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And I didn't uh-huh. not like I didn't believe in other people's belief systems. Like I had many friends from different belief systems, but they were all from like the major religions, like Judaism, Hinduism, uh-huh. Islam, right? Like it wasn't anything Pagan out of the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, Oh yeah. Right. Like, I don't care if you're Jewish. Like my parents have plenty of Jewish friends. Like it's not a big deal. It wasn't like we just hung out with Catholics. Um, And so I, I always loved Greek mythology, but I would probably say um, I didn't really realize people were still doing hellenism until i would say hermes actually showed up in my practice and i mean that wholeheartedly. like i actually didn't even know who he was i I talk about this on this podcast a lot (laughs) he came into a meditation that i was in introduced himself because i was just like so i was discovering myself in witchcraft making all those mistakes and then i had seen people talking about hellenism and i was like Mm -hmm. the greek gods people are still worshiping them they answer they still exist. What are you yep. talking about? So I then, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I've talked about the story before, screamed at the sky. And I said, if anybody is there, can you show up in my meditation? Mm-hmm. And Hermes the next day, I kid you not, showed up in my meditation. And I had no idea who he was. I thankfully, I don't think he was offended because I felt so bad. And I had to do a whole ton of research. But I didn't realize that like Hellenism was still a thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and he showed up and that's like when you know he really and it makes so much sense for who he is if you know him he opened Pandora's box but he had to be the first one that was like yeah I'm here and what about it you know like to prove me wrong (laughs) he got so many offerings after that though I felt so bad I was like I don't know who he is and obviously all you know is like the Hermes messenger bags
1: oh geez yeah (laughs)
0: But like, you know, I didn't go to college and I wasn't, I mean, I didn't go to college to study ancient history. Like I went to school, I studied communication (laughs) and business. So the history classes I was taking were U.S. history, um, business stuff. I wasn't really studying the Greek gods anymore. Yeah. And like also Hermes, you know, not as prominent as Zeus. (laughs) So no, no, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like if Zeus had shown up, I would have known, but I know who that guy is. So that's, that's, I'm not kidding. I'm, I swear the story is 100% real. That's how I knew Mm -hmm. they existed. It was kind of like, well, I'll prove you wrong because I am still here. And now look, they have a devotee. So good for them. (laughs) You win some, you lose some. (laughs) He has an altar now. So good for him. (laughs) Screamed at the sky and he showed up the next day. I mean, you do what you got to do, man. Somebody's bound to answer. I mean, I was just fed up at that point because I was like, this was when I was like in my religious trauma era. I was like, I'm leaving the church. I am leaving all of this behind. It no longer suits me. No one's listening to me. And, you know, it was just the path I had to take because then Hermes was like, yeah, I was waiting for you to do this. And I was right here the whole
1: time. And I'm quick. like I'm fast (laughs) as fuck, boy. (laughs) He literally opened up his arms and said, um, (laughs) Calimara. Yeah. Hello. Good morning.
0: <laughs> Entry place. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not kidding. That's how. That's how it worked for me. I
1: know that's a little bit of a wild ride. But how about you, Ten? How about you? <laughs> um, mine is starkly different. I think. I mean, I was. I've said it how many times on this podcast. I was a weird kid, and I was obsessed with you know the supernatural and the Titanic um, from a young age, but. I was so into like mythology, even like in elementary school. I mean, we all had those book fairs with the Egyptian mythology gold book. Like that's, that's the gateway drug right there. Yeah. So Mesopotamia, we're talking about that. Yep. The land between two rivers. Like that was truly like my gateway into just world religion and mythology and That was like all I consumed for like so long that when I went into college and, you know, majored in archeology span and art history and everything, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. But because I was looking at it through like an ancient lens, it really didn't occur to me like that people were still doing. And I was like, yeah, that just, sure. That makes sense. Like, why wouldn't they, why would they stop? So I was just like, oh, cool. Awesome. I found it where i'm supposed to be let's go
0: (laughs) yeah that's why i wanted to talk about it because i think it's two different things like you had been studying it and it's in your face Where like yeah obviously people were doing this and me i was like la 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 catholicism what is going on what are we doing in church i don't know i'm leaving catholic calisthenics and now i'm back (laughs) he's back (laughs) literally (laughs) um so it kind of transpires differently for
1: everybody um i'll tell you they do exist they do. do Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the the gateway mythology books for me happened in, like, sixth grade, which was, like, really when I started, like, pulling away from, like, CCD and, like, the church and everything. So that was, like, my, like, mm-hmm. I'm leaving era. And, yeah, because I got out before confirmation. Right, you said you didn't make your confirmation, right? No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I dipped out before
0: confirmation. They didn't get you. No, they
1: didn't get me. I got God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. I actually, I have to, something controversial. I actually really enjoyed my process for confirmation. We did like this whole retreat with my sponsor mm-hmm. and it was my cousin. And we, she would come down like every Tuesday and we actually had to do this self-reflection, um, these questions. And it was to look inwards on yourself. Wow. And it was kind of like shadow work actually, if I would say. Huh. And we I- did like, it wasn't like
1: weird. I actually really enjoyed it. I don't which is much weird. much about what confirmation does or is supposed I to do I, I think that's like you're fully in the church I, I don't, don't know. really know because I was like well then what does baptism do
0: <laughs> I don't know all I remember is that the bishop the Archbishop of New Jersey came and then was like a huge deal <laughs> so Damn.
1: That's, that's all Oklahoma. I remember
0: <laughs> but um moving on so yeah the the gods do exist um you know if you seek them and leave proper offerings you know there's a chance you're gonna hear back you're gonna hear back
1: You're gonna hit. Um.
0: But what is one thing that you know, looking back on both of our practices and just maybe Mm -hmm. life? What is one thing that would actually send you into a coma now that you're doing that you would never think that you know, young ten, teenage ten, college ten probably would have never done.
1: I think I have two. I think I have a a pearl clutching moment. And I have, like, one that would, like, send me into, like, a happy coma. You know, like, two different comas. If yeah, you yeah, like. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I think the pearl-clutching one would be the fact that I am so okay talking about Abrahamic religions now and yes. diving into their history. And, I mean, we said it last week with, you know, the Forgotten Women of the Bible. I've been, you know, deconstructing, you know, all of that for over 10 years now and when you look at it as more like historical like for me it was easier to digest that way but thinking now of being like oh shit like I teach about two of the big three religions in Mm -hmm. my class so like yeah I have to be comfortable doing this and I have to be comfortable talking about you know Yahweh and what the people of the early Christian faith were doing and what Mm -hmm. people of the Jewish faith were doing and being able to be you know, calm, cool, and collected and confident about it. Like that that is some pearl clutch and moment for young 10.
0: No, it is. And I I mean I said this too last time. I remember when you had severe religious trauma because I went to go remove an evil eye off you and I said I have to call in St. Michael. And you said absolutely fucking not. He's not allowed in my space. And I was like, oh <laughs> never mind. Then you will keep the evil eye. <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> okay. But like, you know, I respect that and I get that because I think your religious trauma might've been a little bit worse than mine, but I think that's because you studied it in depth and like saw all the crazy shit that goes on. Um, yeah. But I, like I said, I said last week, like you've made such huge progress
1: Yeah, on it's, this topic. I think it also helped like not only like researching and deconstructing and all of that hullabaloo, but also when I went to Italy and, you know, Got to see places where, you know, martyrs were buried or saints or anything like that. And seeing at the end of the day that they were people, mm-hmm. and it's not the religion's fault. It is the people who came after them who weaponized it and, you know, did terrible things in their name. And it was never their fault. So yeah, I think you're
0: still doing terrible things. So let's just get that out of the way,
1: <laughs> yeah. And to really see, like, one of the um catacombs I was in was actually, like, so incredible because it was a mixture of pagans with early Christians being buried in the same space.
0: Yeah,
1: just the artwork was different. So whatever they wanted to show was just a little different, but they were sharing the same space in death, and that to me was just like beautiful.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to think what what about me? Um, there's probably a lot of things that would <laughs> freak me out because uh, you know I started out with my Wiccan book of spells. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so funny <laughs> but I would probably say anything to do with the chthonic um I was genuinely terrified when Hades and Hecate approached me because I was like uh their first of all their presence is just one of its own um but you know the kind of work that I'm doing in terms of spirits like I went from being so absolutely terrified mm-hmm. of spirits and the paranormal to I mean, and then my sight opened, which was a yeah. whole other layer of what the fuck is my life and being yeah. scared. And then now I'm like, oh yeah, like this is totally normal and finding it to be empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say too, getting back into Italian folk magic, I did never yeah. think I'd be working with magic and saints and mother Mary um, and Jesus, Jesus Christo <laughs> himself um, and using the Bible for spell workings. Like, you know, that's, that's really like a pearl clutching thing for me where it's like, shit but it's also empowering. So yeah, I would say the whole spiritual stuff, like I didn't, you know, intend to go down a path of like death witchcraft and spirit communication, (laughs) you know, obviously when King Hades is showing up in a practice, um, that's where you're headed. Hate to break it to you, but it's the death aspect. And I genuinely did have a panic attack. I was like, I can't do this, but it's my favorite thing ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the happy coma for young 10 would have been the fact that like you actually get to do similar things to what the ancients did. And like you still love death, even at 29 years old. You know, yeah. you were two on the couch sitting next to your skeleton eating Halloween candy. And now, you know, at 29, you're still doing the same stuff and mm-hmm. you get to still do it. So I think that that would blow little me away into a happy comma of we get to do necromancy, we get to teach about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my practice has just changed so much. Like I said, I started out Wiccan. I went to, I tried to learn astrology and that was not, that was a fail, man. Let me tell you. I still have that astrology book. It's on my, I looked at it actually yesterday. I was like, should I pick this back up again? And I was like, nah, nah, let's put that down. Remember when you hated it? (laughs) Who has time to learn calculus of witchcraft? I can't do this, but you know, it runs through my brain every once in a while. I'm like, "Hmm, should I pick up this astrology book? But I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) But yeah, my practice has totally changed. And this is just a reminder for the people out there that your practice is going to change over time. You don't, you don't start where you end up, you know, um, it's very rare that you do that. But even at the beginning of this podcast episode, you know, I feel like, I mean, not the podcast episode, the podcast in general, we genuinely just have sauntered into new
1: practices. Like I wasn't doing Italian folk magic when we started this. Yeah. So Damn. Yeah. I still can't believe how long we've been podcasting. It's, it's, it's crazy.
0: It is crazy. It's been a wild ride. And you know what? We'll probably do this again next year and be like, you know what?
1: My whole life's changed again. <laughs> I hope not too much though. I know. I hope it's all changed for the good. You know, all will change.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into the ghost host hotline, 10 and yes. I wanted to talk a little bit today about some recommendations that we have for books, tarot decks, just things in life. Um, We might do this every so often because you guys yeah. really loved when we had which books in our store that we've personally read and recommended. I, I, I sometimes forget that people are actually listening to what I'm saying. And, um, I was blown away by like how many people were interested in, you know, more book recommendations around Mm -hmm. witchcraft. So do you want to go first? You want me to,
1: um, you can go first. Okay. So what happened? I'm looking at my bookcase right now.
0: Oh, okay. So one of the books that I actually recommend, and after I had the whole, you know, little mishap with the Wiccan spells, <laughs> um, one of the first books that I ever bought was the Jason Miller Protection and Reversal Magic Book. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend that book. It's it's truly an amazing book. It's good for anyone that's beginner or advanced. And he actually does work with Hikate and has some sigils in there from her, um, calling on her for protection. It's interesting we're talking about this because today I just talked about how Hikate is a protector and was called upon for protection. I mean, that's why we celebrate death yeah. on. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. he does talk about Hikate and there are things in there that you can do that don't require tools to actually create your own protections. So, Ooh, love that. I know we actually sell it in our store because I really do stand by that book. And I still use some of those, um, protection workings in my workings today, even though that was like seven years ago. So
1: I love it. I love it. What's your second recommendation?
0: Okay. My second recommendation is a tarot deck. Um, Mm -hmm. I just got this and because we are in our hot girl era, our hobby girl summer, um, actually saw this on another person's Instagram last week. I saw these cards and I was like, what is the name of this deck? Yes. The Botticelli tarot deck. Oh, Obviously, the image, if you're on YouTube, on the cover is the birth mm-hmm. of Venus. Um, I actually don't recommend this if you are new to Tarot yeah. because the imagery is very hard. But for those of you that are a little bit more advanced and can like read the cards like that, I have been reading with this every day since I got it. Um, just pulling cards, trying to pick up new things, and the images are incredible. Like I find that I find something new every time I use it. And the artwork. And it has Baticelli, a challenge to
1: it. Botticelli hits differently well guess who wanted this Aphrodite (laughs) oh duh (laughs) (laughs) so it's on like her altar uh
0: and I was pulling cards with her um over the past few days just getting used to the deck and I could just tell she absolutely loves it because it has like the gold shine on it and it's just gorgeous yes I love that it's gorgeous so I recommend that if you're looking for something different and you like Botticelli's artwork mm, it's refined you know this is
1: that is exquisite
0: yeah, this is exquisite, exquisite. I can't even say it. Luxurious, yes. old money energy. You know what I mean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's that's what's up. So that's like she has a garden. She has a Botticelli deck now. Watch out, world. Watch out, world. Watch out, beetles. <laughs> Watch out, beetles. I'm gonna kick
1: your fucking ass. <laughs> but what about you? What do you have going over there? Um, I don't have the book on hand right now, but I do recommend, of course, if you're really wanting to learn about, you know, bind runes, runes in general, um, or you're just interested in, like, Nordic anything, um, I highly recommend uh, Runes, Bind Runes, and Sigils by Northern Black. So Peter Oakman, who we had on a few episodes ago, he has an incredible book that he um, wrote, and he has his own artwork in there. He does, of course, educate on the history of runes, you know, are these dating to the Viking Age? You know, yeah. what is the Viking Age? That kind of stuff. So there is a good amount of backstory to it. Um, the artwork is absolutely incredible. So if you're just looking to kind of, you know, learn something new, mm-hmm. highly recommend his book. And if you're looking for something a little bit more historical, um, I do recommend Europe between the oceans, um, by oh, shit. Uh Barry Cunliffe um
0: I just have to say I absolutely love and adore Peter I follow him I obviously like I follow him on TikTok and anytime his videos come up I just fucking laugh when he's like you're not a fucking Viking stop saying that I'm just like yes (laughs) go Peter 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 Peter. (laughs) um so yeah I actually have seen his book His 10 has it I obviously you guys know I don't study Norse paganism I'm not part of that practice but I do love I do know my runes I do. I learned my runes a long time ago and I absolutely (laughs) loved um, the book that 10 had. So yeah, that's a really good recommendation, but I think every now, now and then we'll incorporate some of our own, you know, what are we reading? Yeah. What do we recommend? Like I just got this tarot deck and I'm obsessed with it. So I like to share um, Mm -hmm. little fun things, things that are not trending on the internet, because let me tell you something. I have bought which books, recommendations off of book talk that have been trending that have been absolutely ass yeah ass and i've been annoyed about it
1: well yeah i mean there was one about the morrigan that i got and i read through it and i was like what is this utter oh it's the one on amazon the um, uh that green book
0: uh i have it it's sitting over here it's my it's on my book of shame (laughs) i have some books that were just so terrible that just in one shelf and i'm like whoa um so yeah this is also too just a a little um thing that Tana and I are doing going forward: any book that we sell in the store is personally going to be vetted by her and I, yeah. um, because we had been thinking, you know, what books do we want to have in our store? And it was a very interesting conversation because there's a lot of shitty books out there. Oh my god, yeah, there's a lot of shitty books. Um, so anything that we sell, we've personally read or have vetted and have found to be useful in our practice. Um, it's not going to be for everybody. So our, our books are really going to be curated. And I feel like that's important because we do get up here and teach about these things. So we do need to have, you know, vetted sources in our store.
1: We got to put our sources where our mouth is. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And, um, You know, another book that I recommend too, I know a lot of uh, Hecate worshipers follow us and devotees, Liminal Rites of Hecate. Very easy to understand. Excellent book. I've read it front to back to back to front. I love Mm -hmm. it. I use it as a resource all the time. It's where I pull a lot of my information from. So that's also a good recommendation.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just as a whole, it's kind of figuring out, like, are you looking for, like, witchcraft, like, grimoire books? Are you looking for mythology books? Are you looking for just, like, how did people practice kind of books? Because, I mean, the spectrum is just kind of everywhere with that. So you gotta- Yeah,
0: we also get a lot of questions about sources when we do Q&A. And to be honest with you, I'm not really going to answer those questions because – it's really hard to ask a creator to provide sources for you. Like, that is our time, energy, and research that goes into it. But if you listen to our podcast episodes, anytime Ten and I are referencing something, we are telling you the author mm-hmm. and the name. Like, anytime I'm referencing Italian folk, I tell you the books that I'm pulling from. So, you know, just listen in, especially when Ten is talking like anything archaeology, she references the authors that she's pulling from. Those mm-hmm. are vetted sources that we approve, but we're never going to have like a list. And it's just okay. a really big ask to ask somebody. So we see those questions a lot. I'm just, I'm just not going to be able to respond to those because it's so wildly vague where people are like, what are your sources on Greek mythology?
1: It's like, well, I, I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you what you're looking for because for the smiting image itself for my dissertation, I had 32 page bibliography. Yeah. And just,
0: just remember (laughs) we're not like a library, you know what I mean? Um, so we are going to cover a lot of the Greek gods on our podcast. So if you don't want to go and look for those sources, one good way of supporting us is just listen to the podcast and write down the names of the authors that we're pulling from there. That's a great start. You know, there's 50 million different ways you can go with that. So just a little PSA and friendly reminder. Um, don't ask people for
1: sources. It's, it's a lot of, work for us oh God yeah hi yeah. to keep a running bibliography oh geez
0: <laughs> yeah for sure um okay we are now gonna go into our ghost host hotline boop,
1: boop, boop, mm-hmm. boop.
0: the ghost host hotline with Chelsea and 10 your ghost hosts we can see and hear spirits for those of you that are new here and we've had um plenty of paranormal experiences together and separately so you know we love hearing about other people's spiritual encounters now, this mm-hmm. one is particularly a little disturbing um I will you know, give a trigger warning when we get to the disturbing part. It's only like one sentence, but it is spooky. So for those of you that are not easily, we'll see you on the next podcast episode. Yes. Are you ready? 10. I'm ready. Hit me. Let me take a sip of my coffee.
1: I'm ready for my story. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Oh man. Okay. Dear Chelsea and 10. Hi. I (laughs) want to
0: start this message by telling you how much I love your podcast. Listening to it is one of the highlights of my week. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I wanted to share my experience with the paranormal and also ask for your advice. I know this is more than just a few lines, but I really appreciate it if you can read it. Mm -hmm. You got it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Since I was a kid, I've been able to feel, see, and hear things that others don't perceive. And I've had many paranormal experiences, but the most intense one was in 2020 when I moved Uh to a new apartment. Gotcha. At first I didn't notice anything strange apart from the place being a bit dark, but as the days went by, I started having this feeling that I wasn't alone and that someone was watching me from my kitchen. And at some point I started having weird dreams where I would wake up within the dream and see a dark figure entering my apartment and trying to hide in the kitchen. It's like, that's terrifying, you know? Yeah, it's like communing with you in dreams. And people always ask me, like, can spirits commune with you in dreams? Even negative ones? Yes, Yes. they can. Yeah, that's why I say protections. Yes, (laughs) I'm telling you, it it can happen. And one of those dreams, I gathered my courage and walked towards it. It took a somewhat human shape and stared at me as I approached it. And I demanded that it leave my home. It laughed, but I didn't feel fear, only a surge of violent energy. I yelled and insulted it and out of nowhere another unknown dark figure stood between us and scared away whatever what was in my kitchen the new dark figure touched me and I immediately woke up Uh, we we still got some story to go but that is absolutely terrifying if I can make one recommendation don't ever yell violent things back at it like try not to anger it even more I know you're probably like, I, I did the same thing. If you go back to the time I let a demon into my house. Um, yeah, I yelled at it then immediately got super scared. It was like <laughs> trying to stick up for myself. Then I was like, Oh my God, don't hurt me.
1: <laughs> it's a fight or flight and yeah. you're a flightless bird. So you just hustle.
0: Yeah. As someone who comes in contact with a paranormal a lot, like I do a lot of paranormal research and I do my own investigations. Um, Anytime you're trying to actively anger a spirit, remember that they have the upper hand, especially if you don't have any banishment or protection on you. So, you know, I'll do it now because I know they're going to catch the smoke. Like I know what to do to get rid of them. So if they're pissing me off, I'll be like, listen, buddy. You don't want to catch these hands. But if you don't know what you're doing, don't go ahead and start angering it even more. Don't chum the waters. Don't because they take it as like a challenge almost. And some can feed off of it. Yeah. And they, and they know you're scared of them. So they're going to be oh, like, yeah. well, you think you're a big man on campus over here where I'm just going to do this. Okay. So we have another paragraph to this. This is where Gosh. it gets spooky. By the time I had already started to become interested in witchcraft. So I studied a lot, made an altar for my ancestors and spirit guides, left offerings for them and started performing regular protection and cleansing rituals. Love that. The atmosphere of the place changed. And although the dream stopped, I still felt the presence and even visitors and friends who stayed there overnight confirmed feeling it too. So the spirit was still there. Okay. Everything was calm until two months ago when I found a new apartment. Two days before moving day, I had another one of those strange dreams. I woke up within the dream sitting on my bed and the figure that had been observing me from my kitchen stood at the foot of my bed and told me that it wouldn't leave me. I want to, I want to trigger warning here Mm -hmm. has to do with animals. So animals animal unaliving yes um it said it wouldn't leave me without unaliving one of my cats and this is where i was reading 10 this morning and i got the chill down my spine because i've Pretty come vocal. in contact with a being like this before mm-hmm. and i talked about it here on the podcast it was crazy times told me it was gonna unalive me and i was like whoa whoa now <laughs> I started insulting it in anger, and once again, the other dark figure appeared. It didn't say a word, just grabbed my leg, and I woke up immediately. Determined to keep my baby safe, I packed hastily, ensuring they were never out of sight, and didn't rest until we were all relocated to a new place. I'm still studying and practicing witchcraft, however, the amount of information I read seems overwhelming, and I struggle to find the best approach to connect specifically with my ancestors and guides. Um, they have communed with They have communicated a couple of times in my dreams, but they mainly remain silent instead of the random entities that have tormented me since childhood. This is my story, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share it with you. I would greatly appreciate any opinions on what exactly is happening in my home and strategies to improve my connection with my ancestors and guides. Many thanks for reading. Best regards. Man, a lot to unpack there. So. I will say that we're not able to give you advice on sort of what's going on because that wouldn't be in best interest to you. I, yeah. I would have to sit here and do like a whole reading and try to figure that out and commune with your guides. But I will tell you that I think you need to become proficient in banishment. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, fixable to me because I've come in contact and this is why we decided to talk about this story. Mm -hmm. I had an experience where I let a demon into my space and it was doing the same scare tactics to me. Yeah. Um, And when you learn how to banish, you can banish almost anything, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Kick that out. Kick it out. Kick it out. Um, I also recommend to people too that you can also call upon Archangel Michael. Um, Anybody can call upon Archangel Michael. You know, I don't know if he always answers, but, um, you know, if you're ever in that situation, you can call on a being to assist. Yeah. So that that's as far as, you know, like some of my advice goes for that, but this can be
1: fan Yeah. Yeah. And for the aspect on like, how can you better connect to like ancestors and all of that kind of stuff? I mean, I think you are connecting via dreams, which, you know, dream work is, I mean, very, very old, like you can trace that back to, you know, Greco-Roman time period. So I would just, again, you know, perhaps learn a proficient way of divination. So whether it be, you know, doing divination within dreams or, you know, doing it a different way, I would also recommend that.
0: Yeah. I also find too, just because like I said, I have experience with this. Um, you might not be connecting to your ancestors appropriately because you still have this connection to an entity right like Mm -hmm. they could be blocking things out for you so i really recommend performing a banishment i think banishment and protection um you can't go wrong with those two things if it's not happening right away keep doing it like sometimes it takes more than one spell working um to rid something of your home i mean it took me seven full days to get rid of something out of my space um so continue to do a banishment and then make sure you're re-upping your protections. Protections can be simple. You can use apotropaic imagery. You yep. could do a spell. There's a ton of things you can do. So definitely, you know, research that. I know it can be pretty um, daunting, daunting looking at information online. Like I said, I also just so funny. I recommended a protection book today by Jason <laughs> Miller. I love that book yes. and I've used it personally. So those are some great resources to use um, if you feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm really sorry about your experience with this because, you know, this oh, is terrifying. That is, yeah. Absolutely terrifying. When I read it, I was like, yikes.
1: Mm, yeah, no, that was ugh. when it threatened and grabbed you. Uh, when Chelsea was reading it to me this morning, I was like, I immediately know immediately I'm moving and burning it down. <laughs> I know. But sometimes when you move, it
0: follows you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's sometimes not always the space. It's just like a you problem almost where it's like. You have to like, you know, I'll talk about the parasites when I had parasites attached to me, just because I moved out of that apartment, it didn't mean that they weren't still following me. Right. Like
1: I moved somewhere else and they were still there. It's like that. Like you got to like cut that like connection.
0: Yeah. And really quickly too, um, I want to mention, uh, spiritual hygiene for a second, because this has been coming up a lot in my readings. Um, if you are dabbling in spirit communication, witchcraft, spell workings, please PSA, make sure you're doing your due diligence of cleansing yourself in your space. Mm-hmm. You get this funky energy that like resides there. And it could be the reason why a lot of you are not able to connect with, um, in divination because you, you have to cleanse your space. You have to cleanse yourself. You know how many times to do a spiritual bath? How many times time do you do a spiritual bath? Ooh, at least uh, weekly. I think I do one like every Depnon. I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah. Once, uh, th- like three times every month, just because the nature of the spirit work that we do. But, you know, make sure you incorporate that in your practice. Everyone's always like, oh, how do I open my gifts? How do I do this? How do I do that? You need to learn spiritual hygiene first, or else those <laughs> things aren't going to work.
1: Yeah. Whether that's lighting an incense stick now and again or yeah. throwing an extra little pinch of salt in your bath shower, you know, just, cleanse differently
0: yeah so make sure you're you're keeping up with that because it is like part of the foundation of a uh, spiritual work and doing spell working so <laughs> that came up a lot in my client readings this past week and I was like I gotta remind I gotta remind people on the podcast just PSA
1: oh, yeah de- just a good PSA with that and I mean it's like oh well I'm not like I gotta hide like witchy stuff all of that kind of stuff the ancients did it the ancients didn't when they were cleansing their space so you can say oh it's a sparkle
0: you can just take salt and throw it in your shower, charge yep. it for cleansing. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need fancy bath salts. Not unless you want to do that. Like I like to do that because, you know, I like to create a vibe. But, you know, when yeah. I'm on paranormal investigations, I just take a thing of salt with me. And after the investigation, I have to go and cleanse myself. Yeah. I'm not carrying that shit around with me.
1: Yeah. You live near a beach, go in the ocean. Oh, smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anything else you want to add for today's episode? I think that's everything for me. I'm trying to think. I got nothing. Oh, oh my God. We've to talk about this.
0: Our seven day candles are getting a reboot. Oh. Yes. Yes,
1: they are. They are. Dad, come
0: on. This is your passion project. <laughs> I know. I... <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> I don't think I have one with me. Um so our feminine ancestral feminine rage candle is actually turning into a biblical Lilith feminine rage like inspired by her and you should mm-hmm. see the artwork that we have. So you can use it as an offering to Lilith and your ancestors um to yes. it's the biblical aspect of her not the um left hand path
1: aspect. Yeah, not the demonic aspect. And then we have the siren candle which the siren and the sailor oh my artwork God gatekeepers getting rebranded to Mm -hmm. an actual gatekeeper um what else did we change
0: we're just a lot of the candles are gonna have like very like renaissancey type artwork um because that's just the vibe of our store like our archangel michael candle has um, more of a renaissance feel to it um, Mm -hmm. because we just really like the yeah aspects of it
1: the aspect of it um i know when we post about the feminine rage candle like there's a whole ass story behind like the artist and like he used his mistress as like the model and like it's crazy but like merging like aspects of like my art history degree and everything and like meshing it with the shop like we did what we could with the labels at the beginning but like our shop is always going to be evolving, always going to be growing to showcase like where we are in our life, our paths and all of that. And like, when I tell you, it's a, it's a vibe. Like everything oh, yeah. is going to be backed by uh, a piece of art or something historical so that we can tie it to something. Plus, yes, they're just like gorgeous, like with the artwork now. So like, if anybody's in the broom closet and you want a feminine rage candle and, you know, somebody in your household or family was like, uncomfortable with like the Medusa head well now it's got just a beautiful woman
0: I I can't even begin to tell you when we were discussing how we were going to rebrand feminine rage because let's be honest we weren't like thrilled with the artwork that we had yeah Um, there's no good artwork of Medusa there isn't like that's no we can use without it being copyrighted yeah immediately because we're going to be doing forgotten women of the bible again and we're going to be talking about Lilith because of her story of the garden of Eden and you know how she's evolved in like to like the first feminist really like people say um the artwork that we picked. Fortune. Biblical Lilith. Give I mean, like I need it. Like
1: we're going to the store tomorrow and I'm like 10. I need that label to put on my feminine rage candle. I know. So, like, even like it's going to be the same vibe that like the Hermes candle, the Hermes yeah. artwork, um, you know, the Pythia for Apollo's candle, like it's going to showcase something that is tied to whatever it's spelled for historically if we can find anything like that but Mm -hmm. yeah um, the only
0: ones that probably won't are persephone hades and Hecate, just because they don't like have artwork and hades doesn't like artwork of himself and um we find like their iconography is a little bit better like the crown the stropholos um pomegranates
1: yeah theirs is gonna stay a little bit more like an iconic to just like simple symbols not like a whole like poster of like yeah hekate herself no nay, nay. but
0: also makes sense because they're chthonic divinities i mean they people i think people forget um that they were afraid to call upon them you know they were a- feared the chthonic gods it's not me fear-mongering people it's just they weren't you know people forget hekate
1: was feared she was you know? feared and she controlled the restless dead i mean yes. people are like Depnon, non yay 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 Hikate. boom boom and it's like, no, they were leaving out offerings to appease her and to kind of, like, make sure that she kind of, like, passed over their house with the restless dead and, like, they wouldn't, like, cause damage or do anything.
0: Right. No, I know. And we're always going to tell you the truth over here, you know, and things modernized today. But still, Hikate still has that air to her. So does Hades. So does Persephone. They're chthonic gods. You know, they're not here to to pat us on her head and say, good work, little human. They're like, did you celebrate my death? Not they were. all. They were written on curse tablets for a reason (laughs) yeah i mean like we talked about that priest you know the priest would go in leave offerings once a year to hades turn around to not see him and skedaddle person allowed in so (laughs) they still have those ties so it's like we want to make sure we're honoring that in the best way that we can so fun little update on our seven day candles really excited about it and yeah i think that's it for today's episode yeah i'm golden okay well we hope you all enjoy the rest of your week don't forget to like subscribe rate our podcast in the store subscribe to our youtube channel share it with a friend family member and if you have communion photos tag us at six and bones podcast while we post them on our stories communion nope. train <laughs> <laughs> if you want to if you want to if not don't worry about it but like that'd be so funny to see everyone in their communion photos like little jesus brides
1: oh my god i love it Pray with Jesus.
0: <laughs> We hope you have an amazing day and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.